0: We've been singing about the greatness of God's love and things to be thankful for and I started out with a little bit of a negative in the fact that the uh, church across the street had had some car break-ins, but uh, some good news is that uh, one of our members actually found a pocketbook out in the parking lot this morning and uh, as we uh, kind of researched we realized it belonged to someone across the street and uh, so they took it over there to them this morning and so they were rejoicing to get their purse back which had their keys and different things in it and uh, then we found out that the person who broke into the vehicles had been arrested and they were able to get back all the things that they took from that person so that's the good news and that person over there is double thankful for it got their money back and got their belongings back and uh, so they're adding, going into this week of Thanksgiving with uh, a thankful heart. And this morning, I want you to turn your Bible, if you would, to First Thessalonians chapter five. We're going to look at verses sixteen through eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through eighteen. And while you're turning there, if you have children three to eight, if you will send them up front to this front left door, they're going out to discover church, to discover something about God and about church and about Thanksgiving. So if you have children in that age group, three to eight, if you'll send them up to the front left-hand door, if you're visiting with us and you've got children in that age group, we'd invite you to bring them up there and check them in so we make sure they get back to the right parents. And as a note, after the service, you go out these doors to the back and turn right, and all the way down the end of the hall is the fellowship hall, and that's where the children will be for you to pick up. But you do have to have the bracelet to identify them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This morning, we're looking at the theme about It's a Wonderful Life, and we're looking at it from the standpoint of thankfulness as we're going into this Thanksgiving season, and that is, It's a Wonderful Life when we're thankful. When we are thankful, it's a wonderful life. And we're going on this It's a Wonderful Life theme for several weeks, going back to the movie that is one of the most uh, watched movies during the Christmas season, that uh, has Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, and uh, Jimmy Stewart plays the person who is George Bailey, who has great dreams, but they all kind of fall apart when he has to abandon his dreams and to run the business that his father and brother had established, the uh, Bailey Building and Loan Institute. And so, George, his life has kind of gone downhill, it's been a mess, and uh He thinks, you know, life's not worth living. He actually wants to commit suicide. And then God sends an angel to intervene. And George finds out that if he had not lived, life would have been dramatically different for other people and his life had made an impact. And at the end of realizing all that, George begins to run through with joy in his heart, realizing that all the things that he had thought were miserable, he needed to be thankful for because he ran by his building alone loan that's been struggling and he says, comments about how thankful he is for it. He runs home and he's got the uh, knob on the stairway that always falls off. He's thankful for that. He's thankful for everything. He's realizing that the things that he has saw as problems and complaints and issues in his life, he needed to learn to be thankful because God was working all those things out in his life to impact other people's lives. So George Bailey at the end of the movie finds out It's a wonderful life when you're actually thankful for the things in your life that you really thought were issues, that maybe God was just working all things out to good. So I want us to look at these scriptures this morning, and I want us to look at it with a thankful heart, because it is a wonderful life if we are thankful, if we have thankfulness in our life. There was a, uh, a book that was written back in 1894 called The Jungle Book that has been put into movies a couple different times. And I remember that one of the first movies I can remember as a child going to see was The Jungle Book. Went to the Wink Theater, got to go up in the balcony and watch The Jungle Book in a movie form, not realizing that it was from a book that was originally written in 1894 by a man that his name was uh, Rudyard kipling but he wrote that book in 1894 it's been even more recently put into another form of the movie now how many of you have seen one of the movies the jungle book before all right looks like the mass majority of the congregation saw either one i saw or saw the most recently one and that man that uh, wrote it probably most people don't even know it goes all the way back to 1894 probably didn't even know the man's name rudyard kipling he was a, uh, from the uh, United Kingdom area, but uh, he was a very good writer, very popular writer, uh, writing books and authoring different things. He became very wealthy in uh, his writings and so forth and became very well known. And there was a reporter one time that uh, went to uh, Mr. Kipling and was talking with him and said, you know, people have talked about your words that you write and how good that you are and how much money you've made and said that, I have even heard that a word from you is worth $100. Now remember, this is back around the 1900, which was a lot. So he said, the writing of one of your words is considered to be worth $100. To that, Kipling replied, well, I didn't know that. To which the reporter reached into his pocket, pulled out a $100 bill, and handed it to Kipling and said, there. Let me hear one of your $100 words. Kipling looked at the $100 bill, folded it up, stuck it in his pocket and said, thanks. <laughs> you know what? To Kip, that moment, the word thanks was worth $100. But I have realized that thanks or thankfulness is really worth a lot more than that. Matter of fact, I read a little thing about psychologists who have studied about different uh, expressions that people can receive from other people. And they said that the attitude or the expression of thanks stimulates the emotions to the greatest extreme or energizes our emotions more than anything else. That when a person receives or expresses thanks, It creates an energizing in our emotions. So thankfulness is pretty powerful, isn't it? It has a powerful impact on our life. So let's look at what God's Word says about this thankfulness in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verses 16 through 18. I'm reading this out of the NIV and it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now that very last part of that verse, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, if we could kind of put this in plain language and understand that in these scriptures, the way the grammar was put together, there was verbs in there that were considered present tense to be active and were written in the imperative, which means God put it together in a way to say right now, I want you to be actively joyful, actively praying, actively giving thanks. And that is to be, I'm commanding you that to be a part of your everyday life. So when I looked at this last part where it says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, it's basically saying that if you are a Christian, if you're a child of God, this attitude of joyfulness and prayer and thanksgiving is to be a part of our life on an everyday basis ongoing. That's what God desires for us. And as you look at these scriptures, it's really kind of opposite of the way that we approach things a lot of times about joy. That we have joy when everything's going good. We pray when we're in need and we're thankful when something is given to us. But these scriptures didn't say that. It didn't say that to be joyful when everything is going good or pray when you have spare time or be thankful in certain circumstances, it said that joyfulness, prayer, and thanksgiving are to be a continual part of our lives no matter what the circumstances are. Matter of fact, as you look at that and understand what it's saying, joyfulness, prayer, and thanksgiving are like triplets from the same womb. They're like triplets of brothers and sisters and if you've ever known someone that's a twin or a triplet or so forth they kind of have this same spirit and they can sense when something's wrong with the other and when they're young there's a lot of times there's are a sense of when one's missing there's something lacking in their life and that's true about this prayer and uh, prayer and joyfulness and thanksgiving it's like triplets that have the same spirit And if there's one part that is missing, it affects the other parts. Matter of fact, if I were to take a survey this morning and ask everybody, all right, who all is joyful? And I don't want you to raise your hand, but if I said, is there joy in your life? Are you feeling joy or feeling joyful in your life? For those who said no, most likely one of the other two of the triplets is probably missing from your life on a regular basis. I want you, if you're listening, say amen. amen. What that means is this. If you said, Pastor, I, I'm really not feeling joy in my life today. I'm not feeling joyful. I'm not feeling it on a regular basis. Then most likely, no matter how good or bad a person you are, the regularness of prayer, because remember it says pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It's an everyday part of our life. That if you're not feeling joy on a regular basis, if you're not joyful in your life as a foundation of your life, then most likely the other two of the triplets is missing on a regular basis. That you're either not praying regular or you're not thankful on a regular basis. Does that make sense? If joyfulness is missing, then probably prayer and thankfulness is not a regular part of your life because they are like triplets joined together. And so if that's true, then what do we understand from these scriptures that we need to apply to our life? Because it says pray continually. Is that meaning that I'm supposed to just block out and not do anything the rest of my life and just get down on my knees and and just begin to pray and just keep praying and praying and praying? Or does it mean that Every moment that I could be away from somebody, be praying. What does this praying continually mean? If you have your app open, you look at that. And praying continually is to be God conscious and seeing everything in view of Him. That's what praying continually is. Because prayer is communication with God. It's communicating with Him. That's what prayer is. And so I don't have to be Blocked out from the rest of the world to necessarily be praying. We do need that prayer time in our life where we block out the rest of the world. But I can be talking to you and I can be communicating with God. There are many times when I'm talking to somebody and they're sharing problems with, to me and I'm saying, God, give me the right words to say. What do I need to say to them as I'm listening to them? So this praying continually is I am seeing everything in my life as God conscience and seeing everything in view of Him. That's praying continually. Whatever's happening in my life, whatever's going on in my life, I am seeing it all with a God consciousness of God working in my life. And I'm seeing everything in view of Him. Now, is that in good and bad situations? Here's what the Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 2. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. There's that joyfulness and that prayer linked together. Now in that verse in Romans chapter 12, and verse 12, be joyful in hope. We're hoping things are gonna get better, but be patient in affliction, meaning don't give up and be faithful in prayer. You can kind of take those three things that are mentioned there and they kind of tie together because if you're faithful in prayer and you'll be patient in affliction, you'll end up experiencing the joy and the hope that will come out in the end. Can you kind of get to see what God's trying to tell us about prayer in these triplet form? Prayer is to be something that we are continually in our life. It's not like I go through my life and I don't acknowledge God or I'm not talking to God till I need Him or till I'm just separated from everything. But I am God conscious and I am seeing Him in view of everything that I'm seeing in life. Now, we have a tendency in prayer... To make prayer just kind of a wish list. I don't want you to raise your hand, but some of you may be like I was in my early Christian life. And my prayer was my wish list. It was when I would get along at the end of the day with God and I'd say, God, thank you for this day. And could you do this for me? And could you make this happen? And this sure would be great if you do this. And then I'd end my prayer. And then God began to reveal to me that that wasn't really prayer. I wasn't communicating with him and even listening for him to respond. I was just making a wish list and say, God, do this for me, do this for me, do this for me. But that's not what Paul was saying in Thessalonica. And that is that he's saying that we're to pray continually seeing God in everything, being God conscious and recognizing him. And you know what I found out? That when we become God conscious and we see everything in view of God, it begins dramatically to change our approach and view of life in general. So Paul says, pray continually. Be God conscious. See Him in everything. But then it says also to be thankful in all circumstances. Didn't say in a few circumstances or the best of circumstances. Thankfulness in all circumstances is focusing more on the good and the blessings more than the challenges does that make sense thankfulness in all circumstances is when we're focusing more on the good and the blessings more than the challenges but what do we have a tendency to do we focus more on the challenges we see our how big our problems are instead of seeing how big our God is in our Life in the Word class this morning, we were talking about sharing with other people and how that the Apostle Paul, the approach that he took. And the Apostle Pro- Paul had this approach in life in sharing the gospel with other people, and that is that in every situation that he was in, that God had ordained that, and he was to seize the moment, and he became all things to all people that he might win them to Christ. Basically, the Apostle Paul, even when he was in prison... And he stood before those that were in charge of his destiny. Instead of seeing this, of what can I think of to try to talk them into letting me go, his mentality was, God has worked this out. Hey! How many people get a chance to stand before King Agrippa and tell him how to be saved? He didn't see it as, King Agrippa, please let me go, but... Hey, I probably would never have had this opportunity to talk to you and to share with you about what Christ has done in my life if I hadn't got arrested. He learned to be thankful in those situations. Thankfulness, knowing that God is working all things out in our life for our good and for His glory. Philippians 4, 6. Matter of fact, uh, Noah, my grandson, had this recorded. Uh, That his dad recorded. But it says this in Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You see there that just like God can't in the scriptures can't mention thanksgiving without mentioning prayer. Thankfulness in all circumstances and focusing more on the good and the blessings more than the challenge. And when you do that, you begin to get life in in the right perspective. You see, when we look at how big our problems are instead of how big God is, we get the perspective out of order. Some of you may have heard about the young college girl that when she was in school, some things weren't going as well in her classes and stuff, and so she was trying to prepare her parents at home, and she wrote a letter to her mom. She said, Dear Mom just want you to know I'm healing up pretty good from my broken arm and my broken leg and they've got the dorm straightened out from the fire that I had to jump out of the second story building to escape from but they've about got everything cleared back up so we can move back in It was really a blessing that the young man at the service station close by saw the fire and called the fire station so that they were able to put it out before totally consuming the dorms he's such a sweet guy I've been living with him while they've been getting the dorms going, and by the way, Mom, I'm pregnant. See you next week. P.S. All that was a lie. But I have got a C in sociology, and I've failed science. Just wanted you to have things in the right perspective. Can you imagine a mom reading that? You got a broken arm, a broken leg. There was a fire. The dorms being consumed. You're pregnant. Oh, you only got to see and you're failing. Whew. I'm gonna kill that girl when I see her. <laughs> Thankfulness is about our perception and our perspective of things. This young girl in college, she knew how to get the right perspective with mom and dad. Thankfulness in all circumstances is focusing more on the good and the blessings rather than the more on the challenges. And then the Bible, at that verse 16, I go back to the very beginning, and I took prayer and thankfulness because I told you, if there's a lack of prayer and there's a lack of thankfulness in your life, you probably have got joy missing in your life. And the Bible says, be joyful always. Joyfulness always is a byproduct of continually praying and being thankful in all circumstances because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? That joyfulness is a byproduct. A byproduct is something that naturally occurs as a result of something else happening to come together. When prayer and thankfulness comes together, joyfulness is the byproduct of that praying continually and being thankful in all circumstances. And the reason it's it's a byproduct is that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5... In verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Did you know there that in the midst of that, that the fruit of the Spirit, that one of the fruits is joy. It's a product that comes from God's Spirit. And when we are in, our spirit is in tune with God's Spirit, with prayer and thankfulness, then that byproduct of joy just comes out. A lot of times in life, people think that, okay, if the circumstances of life are going good, and if I'm being blessed financially and with possessions, I've got a joyful life. But the Apostle Paul said that I have learned to be content in all my circumstances. Because he said, I know that I can do all things through God who strengthens me. I know my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So when the Apostle Paul said that I've learned to be content in all my circumstances, he's basically saying I've learned to have joy no matter what's happening. Because no matter what's going on in my life, God's going to give me the strength to make it through it. And no matter what my needs are, God has the way of supplying all my needs in some way. So he's saying basically, why shouldn't I be joyful? Why shouldn't I be happy? Why shouldn't I be content? Well, it's the same Apostle Paul who said pray continually and to be thankful in all circumstances. I've learned that there's basically three attitudes that really kill joy in our life. The first category would be what I call the conceited attitude. The conceited attitude is when it's all about me. And the conceited attitude could be that I'm not thankful because everything that I've got I've worked for it myself, I've accomplished it myself, so why should I be thankful? I've done it myself. That's part of the conceited attitude of it's all about me. Yet the Bible tells us everything in our life that we have, God has provided it for us. And we need to be thankful to Him for supplying all of our needs. The conceited attitude also is one that is an attitude that when things are not going good, you have a pity party. Anybody in here ever, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever had a pity party? Poor old me. I've had a few of those. Things aren't going exactly the way I want them to go, and I feel like that I'm getting the raw end of deals, and so I kind of get along by myself and say, poor old Brett, he's so pitiful. And every time I do that, God brings somebody in my life that is far worse off than I am. It's kind of in that conceited, I'm focused more on me, whether it's pride or pity. And that type of conceitedness is a joy killer and takes away our thankfulness. There's also the category, I would say, is the complaining attitude. The complaining attitude is that you see everything as wrong, things are not working out, that even when things are going good, you see the bad in things. It's a complaining attitude of what circumstances are in your life. It's a complaining attitude about the people that surround you in your life. Complaining about everything, it kills joy. And then the third attitude is the complacent attitude, and that is an attitude that's never really thankful because I'm just kind of all right with the way things is, and life just probably has gone along that way. So thankful, I'm just, you know, everything's okay. Complacency. And none of those things, conceitedness or complaining or complacency fits in the Christian life. That's why the Apostle Paul said, this is the will of God for you and I in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you this question this morning. It's a wonderful life when we're thankful. Remember thankfulness and prayerfulness results in joyfulness. And if there's joy missing in your life then maybe there's a lack of prayer and thanksgiving continually in your life. Let me ask you this morning, do you have joy? Is there a sense of joyfulness in your life? If there's not, then maybe those other two out of the triplets is missing. Prayer continually, thankfulness in all circumstances. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you, God, for your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, even in prayer, prayer is not to be a wish list of all the things that we want you to do for us, but prayer is communicating to you and part of that prayer is being thankful, adoring you, confessing our sins, not just about making a wish list. And so Lord, I pray God that you'd help us to see that praying continually is being God conscious and seeing everything in view of you. That thankfulness, is an attitude of seeing more about the good and the blessings than the challenges. <clears throat> and Lord, then we begin to realize that joyfulness and joy in our life is a byproduct from praying continually and being thankful in all circumstances because joy is a fruit of the Spirit of God that lives in us. So Lord, man, I, I love for every person to live here today having joy in their hearts and being able to say it's a wonderful life. But God, for them to be able to say it's a wonderful life, they got to learn to be thankful and to be prayerful and then they'll be joyful and see life for what it really is with the blessings of God. Lord, we ask right now, God, you know the heart and life of every person and Lord, you've already touched some people's lives even in the music this morning. has brought them to their knees and to the altar and Lord I don't know what all that they have spoken to you but Lord my prayer is that today that they'll see things in their life not how big their problems is but how big their God is and Lord that with prayerfulness and thankfulness we can have joyfulness in our life doesn't mean everything's going to go perfect doesn't mean everything's going to go our way but go back to that Romans 12 and verse 12 that we're to rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation and faithful in prayer and if we're faithful in prayer and we're patient in the midst of tribulation we'll find that joy is our hope that comes out so God give some people hope today give them joy that hasn't had it and we'll give you the thankfulness for what you do in your name we pray amen